3: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: I know you're waiting for Jesse Kelly. I'm Larry Menti filling in for night for Jesse. He is, gets a much-deserved night off. Don't turn the channel. I'm not bad. I'm at a WOR in New York. That's where I normally do my broadcasting. I'm thrilled, thrilled to be in for Jesse Kelly tonight. And you think that this time of year, not a lot would be going on. Like, you think when you're filling in over the holidays that, uh, talk about Christmas, talk about prices, talk about Christmas movies. No, 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 no. lot going on tonight some big news going on tonight the Supreme Court has made a decision on title 42 and I'm gonna get to that a little bit later but I I will give tell you what happened I'm sure you heard the Biden administration is not going to be able to allow five million people over this year just two-and-a-half like normal so five million people will not be coming over because title 42 is gonna stay in place for time I'll go through the details in a little bit but believe it or not there's a bigger story than that and it is just a a horrible story a massive winter storm named Elliot slams the country more than 60 are reported dead 30 of them in northwest New York near Buffalo got hit with over 60 inches of snow 60 inches of snow the president declared a state of emergency for that part of New York and if you're trying to fly anywhere, I, I feel so sorry for you. The airports are a mess. 50,000 flights canceled. And they've already canceled going up till December 31st. Southwest Airlines, what a mess. They were particularly horrible. They have flights canceled until New Year's Eve. So all the way from... Friday to New Year's Eve, canceled flights Southwest Airlines. The president of the Southwest Airlines flight attendants, the union, says the problem was not staffing at the airports, but a phone system that Southwest uses for rebooking flights.
1: The phone systems that the company uses Is just not working. They're just not manned with enough manpower in order to give the scheduling changes to flight attendants. And that's created a ripple effect that is creating chaos throughout the nation.
4: Yeah, the problem at Southwest got the attention of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. He's calling for an investigation. He he was so upset he tweeted. It's good to see him doing something. Some of the people there was thousands caught at airports across the country and and luggage was everywhere and there's people sleeping in in airports across the country some of the people caught a jfk airport in new york just they, all they wanted from southwest airlines that ruined their holidays they just wanted a a sandwich or a hotel voucher or something from southwest at the very least more you know hotel voucher or food voucher whatever now they don't care so it, it, it's poor business. So never again will I ever fly with these guys. Southwest Airlines did release a statement apologizing and saying they are working around the clock to address what they call a wide-scale disruption. I'll say so. A disruption. It was. It was a crisis. But again, compared to much of the country, there were some areas in the South and, and right along the East, you know, New York City didn't get hit hard. They were able to miss this massive killer storm. And for some of the country, however, it's not over yet. Jeff Marr from the Weather Channel is kind enough to join us right now. Jeff, thank you so much. I know you're busy. Thanks for taking a couple of minutes out to talk to us.
5: Absolutely great to talk to you again, Larry.
4: Joe, this storm hit so much of the country. It was deep in a wide swath of the country. Who is going to get a break, and who's going to have a rough night tonight?
5: Well, you know, we got a new storm that's pushing into the West Coast, so uh, from the West Coast into the Rockies, they're getting hit. You know, they uh, escaped a lot of it with that storm last week, um, especially Southern California and parts of uh, uh, Southern Nevada into Arizona, but now... Uh, they're dealing with a lot of rainfall on the coast, a lot of wind, and a lot of snow up in the mountains from the Cascades down to the Sierra. We've got winter storm warnings in effect, and also up and down the Rockies, numerous winter storm warnings and winter weather advisors in effect. So that's not going to help the flight situation, obviously. Uh, for L.A., up towards Seattle, we're talking about Denver, Salt Lake City, those areas are going to be dealing with a lot of inclement weather here into Wednesday. That's only going to add to the problems at the airports, I think.
4: There was some talk about you know that Buffalo area in in northwest new york getting hit with still more snow is that still going to happen
5: well they're going to get a break here I, I, you know a little still a little bit of snow falling right now but they're they're not under any kind of advisory right now but they just got absolutely pummeled obviously i mean we're talking about people that are used to a lot of snow but this was uh, you know a once in a lifetime event for many people we We saw just incredible amounts of snow in a short period of time, that combined with strong wind gusts in the Arctic air that was surging in, so blizzard conditions. And unfortunately, as you mentioned, a lot of fatalities in that area uh, from the storm system. They picked up, um, so far for the year, they picked up over 100 inches of snow for an entire season, They averaged 95 inches. So they've already surpassed that, and we still have, obviously, the rest of the winter to get through.
4: Yeah, no, I I know it's a mess up there, and I, I feel for those people. I mean, just horrible stories, just awful stories. A a woman that was stuck in her car traveling, she was for there for eighteen hours. Nine, she called nine one one. They couldn't get to her. Uh, she ended up freezing to death in her car, and she was she was texting her parents. She was showing videos. I mean, and I don't think we we know the extent of this thing yet. But give me. There was the the governors in several of the states were calling it a generational storm, the blizzard of the century. Does it you you have a much longer historic look at these things in rather than just a lifetime. You go back a lot further than that. Where does this rank? Is this is that is this that big of a storm?
5: Yeah, I, I think it is. I think you have to compare it to some of those uh, major winter storms that uh, swept across country uh, in the late 70s. Some of those winter storms are, you know, uh, obviously in the record books. It was not only how cold it got, and it was exceptionally cold. I mean, this Arctic air mass, you know, that spilled down out of Canada, stretched from uh, parts of uh, the northern Rockies all the way down to south Texas, all the way down to South Florida. Miami had a record a um, Christmas of only 50 degrees. Now, you know, we laugh at that and say, well, 50, that's not bad for them. That's pretty cold. It's a record cold Christmas. But uh, j- just the, the amount of Arctic air that surged in across you know, pretty much most of the country, how quick it moved through and just you know, all the impacts really. You, know, you have the snow across the eastern parts of the Great Lakes with all that um, moisture getting picked up in, in you know, the strong wind gusts, blizzard conditions, and you you just had the cold air that surged all the way down. I mean, pipes frozen, still breaking across parts of the southeast due to this recent cold snap and, uh, you know, issues with that. So just, just a lot of different uh, factors with the storm system. Obviously, it was a deadly storm. You know, we're looking at about 50 fatalities overall from this storm. Not related to the storm, we just had three people drown in Arizona this afternoon that fell through a lake that was frozen. So just uh, just a really bad week of weather.
4: All right, we're talking to Jeff Marr from the Weather Channel, and, and I'm running out of time. i got a, about a minute left, but I wanted to make sure that you were able to give us, if you can, give us some good news. Here we are coming towards New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. What's that look like for most of the country?
5: Well, the bad news, some wet weather heading towards New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. But the good news, temperatures will be a whole lot milder. In fact, about 30 to 40 degrees warmer than they were where that Arctic air mass has swept across. So for the New York City area... We head towards New Year's Eve. We'll have some showers moving through, but high temperatures near the 50-degree mark on uh, Saturday and then uh, in the low 50s for New Year's Day on Sunday. Uh, Miami, which had that record cold Christmas, they will be near 80 on Friday and Saturday. So a big fall for the eastern half of the country. The west coast will be dealing with some more storms into the weekend. So they'll be dealing with some rain and mountain snow, but a big fall for much of the country as we head towards the start of the new year.
4: Yeah, I guess I'm hoping for a lot for good news for the entire country. Uh, there's always going to be weather somewhere, right? I yeah. mean, it's not going to be, oh yeah, everything's going to be beautiful. It's going to be nice. Uh, wouldn't you yeah. love to be able to say that, Jeff?
5: I would love to. Well, that was the problem. You know, this, this Arctic air mass. I mean, it was only a, a small area of the country that escaped. There, we're talking about uh, parts of, uh, you know, California, Nevada, maybe parts of Arizona. That was it. The rest of the country got it. So, you know, it's, it's going to be cold, below average temperatures, rain and mountain snow for the West Coast, warmer weather for the central eastern parts of the country. We'll have some rainfall, but at least temperatures will be milder as we head towards the start of the new year.
4: All right, Jeff Marr from the Weather Channel. thank you so much. It's been a tough couple of days for you. Thanks for spending some time with us. In the next hour, we're going to talk to a New York State Senator who is up in the Buffalo area right now in his home that is snowed in, and he's going to give us an update about what is going on in there. But we do want to talk about the worst spending package ever passed. And that's saying something, the worst spending package ever passed in washington and of course uh title 42 staying in place for the meantime this is larry Menti filling in for jesse kelly we'll talk again in a second he's already gone taking a well-deserved night off this is larry Menti filling in a big news night title 42 is going to stay in place for now that happened in the last couple of hours, the Biden administration, as you know, asked that it be lifted at eleven fifty nine tonight. Very specific. And Justice John Roberts said no. That's a diss, right? I'd say that's a diss. That was a flat no. I love it. I just I just can't believe that the administration had the unmitigated gall to ask for a time specific. I'm sure Chief Justice Roberts thought, who the hell do they think they are? Seriously, not only did the Justice Department appeal the Chief Justice's order, the pause lifting the stay, they gave them a date and a time when it would be lifted. If it's not too much trouble, 1159 would be nice. How arrogantly presumptuous. Have you ever heard of that before? But look, the Chief Justice knew that when he lifts the stay, the steady stream of immigrants illegally crossing the southern border would quickly turn into a flood of immigrants. You can see them. They're all waiting. They're just waiting for something to happen. He paused it to study it. That's the reason he paused it in the first place. What, is he supposed to spend his whole holidays? Studying it quickly because the Biden administration said, hey, we'd really appreciate it if you could just lift it at 11.59 on Tuesday after Christmas, but before New Year's. Now, he said he's going to look into it early next year and, you know, in a couple of weeks, maybe a month and and hear arguments. You're not going to rush the Supreme Court on something like this when they can just pause it and wait. That's why he paused it in the first place. And the Biden administration's response is, yeah, well, we'd like you not to get in the way. 1159 would still be nice. Here's the bigger question. Why did they appeal it in the first place? What are they, crazy? The Supreme Court threw them a lifeline. They gave them a way out of this mess. They gave them a Christmas gift. And the administration quickly returned it. They, they can't do anything right. We learned in an excerpt from a new book about the Biden White House written by Chris Whipple that Biden is so furious, reportedly, so furious about the border crisis that the F-bombs, he shouts out, reverberate through the West Wing of the White House. Really? Because he seems to just ignore the border, both through inaction and through silence like after the Christmas message he delivered on Friday and all the media wanted to know about was the border they shouted out questions about the border and he just turned and walked away he literally you can hear the footsteps as he walks away he literally turned his back on everybody Ignoring questions about the border. Now, I think had he been asked the right question, he would have answered, but there was the border. That's all anybody wanted to know about. It's perfect that he turned his back because he's been ignoring the border since he came into office. He has caused this mess, him and him alone, and he knows it. You know the story. As soon as he came into office, he stopped construction of the wall. He got rid of the stay in Mexico policy. The only thing he kept in place was Title 42. And then he was ready to get rid of that, too. You know what the only good thing is about the threat that Title 42 might go away soon, depending on what the Supreme Court does? It got the media, the mainstream media, MSNBC, CNN, and all the networks to finally report on the border. They sent reporters down there. They haven't been down there for over a year. And it was really funny to hear them. Listen to the shocked MSNBC NBC. I'm sorry. MSNBC reporter, that's way too many letters. Who can't believe people are just walking across the border. We were even
3: able to see as of last night a lot of migrants just crossing. And migrants I spoke to this morning saying they haven't had any interaction with US immigration authorities. They just walked right in.
4: They just walked right up. I can't believe it. They're just they walked right across the border. As John McClain said in Die Hard, welcome to the party, pal. It's been like that for some time. All right, let's do some quick background on this, just in case. I, I know you know all of this, but there might be somebody out there that's, you know. Title 42 is a federal regulation that allows the government to halt most amnesty claims when there is a health emergency. It started in 1944 uh, during the World War II and, uh, when there was a a pandemic or a, a, an epidemic of meningitis and they stopped ships from China. Former President Trump implemented Title 42 at the southern border to slow immigration during the COVID pandemic and it's one of the few Trump immigration policies as I said before that the Biden administration kept in place. A district court lifted it and thousands immediately lined up at the border waiting to cross last week but the Supreme Court said, hold on a second, Chief Justice Roberts issued a stay when 19 Republican governors appealed and argued lifting it would create chaos because no one is ready for illegal crossings to double. We already have problems now. To go from 7,000 a day to 15 to 18,000 a day, to go from 2.7 million a year to over 5 million a year, the numbers are ridiculous. And then guess who decided to release a video about the crisis that is about to get worse, just as a reminder that it wasn't always that bad. Remember, our border is not open because of insufficient resources or legal authorities. Our border is open because Joe Biden has ordered it to be open and because Biden has broken the law and torn it into shreds. He has shredded our system and he's destroying our country. Biden inherited a flawless deportation system that was working like never before. In our history, we never did so well on the border as we were doing just a short time ago under the Trump administration. Yeah, he's running for president. Remember, the border was secure when he was in. I woke up this morning with the sundown. Shining in This is Larry Menty filling in for Jesse Kelly on The Jesse Kelly Show. So proud to be here. A lot going on this week.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new
4: podcast
0: from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever.
3: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple
2: Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Well, this really happened last week, but the Republicans in the House are still fuming about it. Because Republicans in the Senate, well, along with the Democrats, but the Republicans were the shocking thing, the spineless Republicans who dumped a whole load of horse manure on their fellow Republicans in the House just in time for Christmas, all bundled up in a big piling steam of omnibus. Those 18 Republicans in the House understand were bought off by earmarks Earmarks are payoffs for senators. They get to sprinkle money like Santa Claus in their district and buy votes and say thank you to their big donors. The money is sent to their districts specifically for self-serving projects and conservative House members were livid because it, it just eliminated their power. This spending bill lasts a year. They spent another $1.7 trillion dollars they have no wiggle room in the house. And all the things they could have done, get energy independence, is not going to happen now. The last time they were in control, they, they forced the Obama administration to sell oil to other countries. It's not going to happen now. And they're only in the minority for another two weeks. They just had to wait two weeks, have a temporary resolution. But the Democrats were just saying to the Republicans, because they didn't care, what do you want? You want this? You want this? You want this? You were buying off Republican senators one by one. Remember the names. Look them up. Look up those 18 names. Remember them. There's nothing the House Republicans could do except yell about it like Congressman Chip Roy from Texas.
5: We had 18 Republicans who joined with Democrats in the Senate, get on their fancy planes and go home, and we're sitting here trying to do the work of the people. Not spend money we don't have, not drive up more inflation, not have 7,500 earmarks for $16 billion for pet leftist projects across this
4: country. They could yell all they wanted to, and he was yelling. He was mad. He was red-faced. It was a dirty deal there's no question but once the senate republicans led by senate majority leader mitch mcconnell gave the bill his blessing because he got paid off by earmarks for kentucky uh, at that point it was a fait accompli
3: i don't get it uh you you know i remember when mitch mcconnell held out on uh, when merrick garland was nominated by barack obama to held out on on any kind of confirmation hearings because he said let's let the american people speak mm. well the american people spe- spoke a month ago and they said we want the house to be run by republicans why not wait 13 12 days in 12 days we take the majority why not wait two weeks and let us deal with this legislation why not wait for the cavalry to come over to hill to deal with this legislation and get rid of some of the stupid things in there
4: Because he was paid off. I know you don't want to say that, Jim Jordan, but he was paid off. The Merrick Garland thing, there was no money involved. That was an easy one. This one, he got a lot of money. There's so many stupid things in this bill, all these earmarks. I'll get to some of the thousands of ridiculous earmarks in a minute. But first, let's talk about how manipulative the politicians were to get your money. You see, by law, they were supposed to pass a spending bill for the next year in September. But they passed a resolution. They didn't even try to push it back until after the November elections. And then they pushed it back again until a few days before Christmas. Then they manufactured a crisis. They were going to have to shut down the government if they didn't come up with a budget for next year. No, they didn't have to do that. That was a lie. They could have done something temporary and wait till the new Congress comes in. But again, Republicans went along with it because at least 18 of them in the Senate were getting money from the uh, massive bill that they helped put together, a $4,000 bill. Every senator who wanted something got to contribute pages. That's why nobody read it all. They only know the stuff's in there for them. They submitted it in the middle of the night and it was passed before the Christmas weekend.
0: Well, we're going to be finding out
3: over the course of the next year what's actually in this bill, and that's because it's 4,100 pages and it was dropped at 1.30 in the morning on Wednesday. The Senate voted on
5: Thursday. The House voted on Friday, and presto, the American taxpayers fleeced
0: again.
4: Yeah, that's Adam Andrzejewski, who is founder of Open Books. They follow the money, government money every dime. It is just in time for Christmas, two days before Christmas, to be exact, when this passed, when Americans are getting ready for the holidays and really not paying attention. And that was the whole reason they did it then. When Republicans saw what was happening, that this was being forced through, there was no debate in the House. They just had to vote. And it didn't matter how they voted because they're not in the minority. It was going to pass. They were livid. Here's Congresswoman Nancy Mace from South Carolina.
2: There's a lot of frustration and anger with House Republicans over what went down last week. We're talking about a 4,000-page bill crafted behind closed doors that does nothing but pour gasoline on the fire that is inflation.
4: That's right, inflation. Another $1.7 We heard from the Fed that all this money that has been spent by the Biden administration, over $5 trillion, make that $6 trillion now, Almost $7 trillion in two years. That that contributes to inflation. It might be half of the inflation we're suffering right now. Now it's going to be more. So what are some of the things we got in this bill? How about $3.6 million for the Michelle Obama trail in Georgia? In Georgia. $7.5 million to study domestic radicalization. Hmm, wonder what they're going to study. Who are the radicals? You know it's aimed at MAGA Republicans, the one that Biden talks about all the time. The horrible terrorists, and not actual terrorists, not Antifa. The Pentagon will get $8.6 for gender advisory programs. What's a gender advisory program? Are are people in the military confused about their gender? They have to advise them on what gender they are? 65 million to study the Pacific salmon population that I kind of get a little bit. 3 million for bee friendly highways. You know, because it's dangerous for the bees on the highways. What is a bee friendly highway? What what I don't even know how you can avoid hitting a bee. There is $570 million for something called fam. This is really ominous, by the way. Listen carefully to this. $575 million for something called family planning in areas where population growth threatens biodiversity. Think about what they just said there. It sounds like they want to thin the human herd because we're too rough on the biology around us too rough on the environment doesn't that sound like Thanos in Endgame 65 million for a federal building named after Nancy Pelosi no money for border security by the way but there is money to help immigrants to go through the legal process to become citizens
5: was the Vera uh, Institute of Justice, which got $168 million from us. It's gotten over a billion dollars since 2008 to use our hard-earned taxpayer dollars to help illegals stay in this country illegally. Mm -hmm. And think about the utter disdain of that action to use hard-earned American taxpayer dollars to have people stay in illegally to the detriment of the American taxpayer. And I guess the question I have in all of this, at some point, are the freeborn American people going to stand up and say, we reject being serfs in this feudal administrative state or are they just going to continue to accept it and i think that's one of the biggest questions i have moving forward
4: ned ryan ceo and founder of american majority 7200 earmarks 7200 things like that everybody seemed to get something every politician got paid off especially the ones that signed on and all we got is screwed Well, Zelensky came to town, and he left with a bundle of cash. We'll talk about that next. This is Larry Menti in for Jesse Kelly tonight. the The time man of the year, Volodymyr Zelensky, came to Washington to get paid. He came, and he left with billions. It was the first time. It was a big deal, apparently. It was the first time he left Ukraine since the war. You would have thought Elvis himself emerged from his grave. The way that politicians, both Democrats and Republicans, were just gushing over him. He got to sit down with President Biden for two hours. People on his staff don't get to sit down with him for two hours. And then he held a joint press conference. They also held a joint session of Congress just for him. The president of Ukraine, that is a country smaller than Texas and has 44 million people, which is, well, it's more people live along the West Coast of the United States than live in the Ukraine. But he can hypnotize and control the U.S. government for a few hours while he was here. They were fawning over him. And then he flies away with Patriot missiles, $48 billion in aid and a commitment for more. That's what you call charisma for cash.
6: President Biden announced a new package of defense support, uh, about 2 billion U.S. dollars, and the strongest element of this package is the Patriots battery systems, something that will strengthen our air defense significantly. This is a very important step uh, to create secure airspace for Ukraine, and that's the only way we would be able to deprive the terrorists country and their terror attack to attack to strike our energy sector our people and our infrastructure
4: well that was just the appetizer for Zelensky who was feasting on American taxpayer funding and again the Democrats in the Senate and in the house were just throwing away money so why not for Zelensky too the main course would come when he got to Congress but before he left the White House He wanted to make certain that President Biden, the media and the American taxpayers knew that he was going to be back asking for more.
6: This is a historic moment. I can send messages to President Biden. For example, if it's not serious, you said, what's going to happen after patriots uh, are installed? After that, we will send another signal to President Biden that we would like to get more patriots. We're working. That is a lie. We are in war. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry.
4: No, he's not. He wasn't sorry. He was telling the truth and gloating about it. He has an endless supply of American cash and American arms with absolutely no accountability. And with Patriot missiles, by the way, we're getting dangerously close to crossing a line and getting directly involved in this war, a hot war. But Zelensky, the actor, continued to charm Washington, and he saved his best acting for Congress.
6: Thank you for both financial packages you have already provided us with, and the ones you may be willing to decide on. Your money is not charity. It's An investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way
4: we don't know that there is no accountability for that money we don't know if he's handling it in the most responsible way just because he says he is Zelensky his military leaders and other Ukrainians could be pocketing a good deal of the money. I I bet you they are. And we'd never know. We wired the money to them right after the omnibus passed with 45 additional billion for Ukraine. Look, I don't want to get you wrong. I hope Ukraine wins, right? I love that we've been supporting them, but it can't be endless and it can't be without any oversight. That's just moronic. I don't care how captivating his story is, how brave and charismatic he is, that's our money he's spending. And we deserve to know how it's being spent. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who's expected to be the next speaker, although there's going to be a fight, says this has got to stop.
0: Before the election, I explained to everybody, no more blank checks for Ukraine.
4: We want to make sure where the money spent, they're passing, trying to pass this where nobody can read it. They never moved these bills to the light of day. They never had a hearing in the process. Democrats blasted McCarthy for that statement, but not the White House. They were asked directly about it. And the fact that Corinne Jean-Pierre read from her book, which is how she answers all questions, but didn't say his name was pretty telling but she also said that they would keep giving money for as long as it takes, as long as it takes. What if it takes another five years? What if it takes a decade? This can't be endless. This money that's flowing out of this country. It's not our war. We might end up spending as much as the Iraq and Afghanistan war together, but at least they were our wars, our men and women. We're pouring money into somebody else's war. Didn't we learn our lesson during the Cold War? Again, I get it's important to defend Ukraine. It's a strategic position and an alliance for us. But as long as it takes with no accountability? The White House press secretary didn't even mention McCarthy by name. That's because she didn't know she doesn't need him. They already passed what's going to happen over the next year this is done giving Zelensky a blank check to cover the next year Biden in Congress may have just assured that this war continues and Putin said he's ready to negotiate Zelensky says he's willing to go to the UN for a summit we'll wait and see if that happens but he goes with strength and no incentive to really end the war when we come back we're going to check on the buffalo area of new york that was hit hard larry Menti in for jesse kelly tonight
0: if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever